Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel. Shachtan, an Indo Askeliga. Time in Mon Iruk the Yen of Chacht Erechor. Agasuligum a Makan Shaw, Gurfeder Echor, Inuik Kart, Len of Winterfin. Skilti, Fis, Turmi. Tashe Dochretche, Nachvetok, Ara, Igornamion, and Kestin Echo. Vientolum again omgrev or corn rachtum. Yatakshatorin Graven or Corson, Elistuhalagus Gimina Fracht, Gorokligs or Dukashin Echor. Only Venown, Thordorakshin. Shachten. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. This is an Irish independent podcast. Is Bitcoin doomed? Or are we just in the midst of a crypto winter, the trough of another cycle, with canny investors waiting it out? Well, in a few minutes, I'm going to get the expert view of this week's guest, Bitpanda's Alex Batlin. But first, we're going to rank the best gadgets of 2020. Tabitha Monaghan. Hello. Hello, how are you? I'm very well. So, favourite gadgets of 2022. I want to start with the one that I've been using a lot recently. I am majorly late to this party, the Echo Dot. Ah. Love it. Great buy. Oh, it's just so easy. A great buy. And actually... One of the reasons it's a great buy is that Amazon, for once, you're getting one over on them. They make a loss on Amazon Echoes. You're getting a device that costs them about 100 quid for 50 quid. And they're always discounted when the when they're having sales as well. They're always the product that you know are going to be on the sale. You can usually pick one up for about 25 euro, 30 euro in the Bargain. sales. Now, I'm going to start with that one, seeing as you mentioned it, because that actually was my best smart speaker of 2022. Not the one you have, but the new version, the updated (laughs) one, the really good one. And the reason I picked this one, it's the Amazon Echo Dot fifth generation, is not only is the audio better, but you can use it as a Wi-Fi extender if you're using Amazon's Eero mesh Wi-Fi system. So as an alternative to the TP-Link systems or the Google Nest systems, if you go for Amazon's mesh Wi-Fi system called Eero, you can use these new Echo Dot's as one of the extender points. That's great. That's really, really good. good. And my, like you said about the sound, even though mine is the older version, the sound on them is brilliant. Really good. Really, really solid. Yeah. I love leaving RT Lyric FM on for the dogs. Brilliant. They they just sit there looking at it all day. Lucky dogs. I know. Well, look, I have to try and keep them, stop them from barking somehow. But I love that. Really easy. And it's just, it's, <laughs> it's the laziness of it. You're in another room and you're just shouting at something. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. If you have an old hi-fi sitting in the attic, gathering dust, take your Echo Dot, 50 quid, take a basic 3.5 millimeter audio cable, plug it one end into your Echo Dot, the other end into your Hi-Fi's amp. Hey presto, you have the world's greatest smart speaker Hi-Fi system. Brilliant. Two questions. Echo Dot, does this have the Irish accent? Yes. Okay. How do you get that? Is this my one because mine's old, doesn't, doesn't have it? You can ask Alexa to look for a new accent and it will play uh, you through the English accents okay. it has. It'll go through the Indian accents, the New we Zealand accent, all Australian them, yeah. accent. 
it hasn't completely upgraded on all of the devices. Uh, you have to make sure that the the speaker is uh, updated to the latest software. Okay. You can also go into your app on the phone and you should see it there. Okay. Two, <laughs> is the speaker listening to us? No, it's not listening to you. <laughs> it is listening for when you might say the word Alexa or whatever your smart term is. But if you mean, are you seeing ads served to you on your phone? Um, <laughs> no, there's as much chance of that as you being poisoned by 5G. How many more times are I going to ask you that question? I don't know. <laughs> Let's go on to the next category. Okay, next one. Will we go to headphones? Headphones. I went with Sennheiser's Momentum 4. They're a little bit cheaper than Sony's uh, 1000XM5, which would be the industry standard. They cost, you get them on sale for around 300 euro. Best battery life that you will get on headphones, up to 60 hours. Really good noise cancellation, really good audio. Sennheiser Momentum 4. They're 349 euro. Mm. Any ones that would be a little bit cheaper than that? Yeah. You, if you're lucky, you might find Sony's XM4, the last generation of Sony's flagship noise cancelling headphones. Somebody I know got one, a pair for 199 euro. Now, if you can get on that, that is the bargain of all bargains. Yeah. They are magnificent for that money. Otherwise, you're going to pay almost 400 euro for the updated Sony ones. Okay. Best laptop? I have to go for Apple's MacBook Air M2. I reviewed this in July and it was so good that I went out and bought one. And that only happens with one or two gadgets that I reviewed. Yeah, that the says year. it already. And there's a few reasons for that. The chip is incredible. The redesign is absolutely superb. It looks like a slim MacBook Pro. In fact, I would advise people even who are using on, who are using some fairly intensive applications to consider a MacBook Air rather than the MacBook Pro. It has a bigger screen. It has a much better webcam. It has uh, the new MagSafe or the return of the MagSafe charging. It's just an all in all fabulous laptop. What's the price difference between the Air and the Pro, do you know? It's not that much. It's about 100 euro, okay. um, but the Air is a better computer. Okay. Best phone. I have to I keep went, an eye out for a phone now. I did not go for an iPhone this year, what? even though I'm use an iPhone probably marginally more than Android phones. A stunning lilac phone, by the way, just for listeners. <laughs> well, the one I'm using <laughs> it right now at the moment is the iPhone 14 Plus because the battery life on it is the best of any phone on the market. And that's because it's not actually as powerful as the Pro models. It has a slightly lower resolution screen, et cetera, et cetera. Nevertheless, the best overall phone, I think, and bear in mind I'm talking about value for money here as well. Yeah. I would say it's either Google's Pixel 7 or Google's Pixel 7 Pro. And the reason is you cannot beat those phones for what they're giving you for the price you're paying. The Google Pixel 7, which is the basic flagship light model, is €649. Euro. You'll get it even cheaper uh, on sale. And for that, you're getting a powerful phone with a great camera, a great screen, really easy to use, the best version of Android uh, you can get, a sweet spot in terms of screen size, 6.3 inches. And the Pro model, which is another 250 quid, if you have that money, get that because then you get the 5X uh, optical zoom on it and it has a better screen again. But you just can't beat that. You, For what you're paying, it's about 100, 200 euro less than you'll pay with a Samsung or pretty much any other big brand. What about people who are iPhone converts or diehard Apple product people? It has not been a good year okay. for those people in terms of upgrading your phone. Yikes. Not only are the iPhone 14s only iterative in their upgrades, but the euro inflation hits so hard that you're now spending 
12, 1300 euro on an iPhone 14 Pro, 1400 euro. And really, it's very hard to justify that price unless you really have the money. Okay. The best earbuds. Again, I'm going to go with Google's uh, Pixel Buds Pro. Now, caveat here. If you told me that Google's Pixel Buds Pro were the same price as Apple's AirPods Pro 2, I would say Apple probably marginally uh, you know, gets the nod. And the AirPods are typically the ones that I use most myself. Mm-hmm. But the Pixel Buds Pro for €199 Euro is absolutely outstanding. The noise cancellation is up there with the best you'll get. The audio quality is absolutely fantastic. Superb fit as well. Absolute, relatively, it's a bargain for what you're getting. Lo- loads of people ask that about the noise cancellation with mm. the earbuds, and we always say you're not going to get it as good as the over-ear ones. But a question I think people probably underestimate is how good are the mics on these? Because people use use them for phone calls all the time. Like in in this office, they always have their headphones on. And they're like, are they are they worthwhile? Do you is that something that you consider, or do you? They'll never be great outside. The biggest problem is wind. Yeah. I would say probably the AirPods Pro handle wind the best. Um, But even still, I'll be walking down the street and my mother calls me and she's giving out that the line's (laughs) bad when I'm, you know, wearing any buds of any kind. So none of them are very good for microphones. Are are they better on over-ear headphones? Not really. Okay. No, they're like, they've never really fully cracked it. Dyson is coming out now with uh, a pair of headphones. It's just announced it. And they claim to have 11 microphones and it's going to revolutionize the experience. Kind of like there's a reason why those dorky headsets with the mouthpieces still exist. Yeah. You'll see ordinary people that you know, friends who are not deranged are are wearing them. But they were doled out at the beginning of the pandemic as well by companies. It's not just because they're free, although I know where you're going with that. But it's (laughs) not just because they're free. It's because they're actually, you literally have a piece in front of your mouth. Yeah. Okay. Smartwatch, especially coming up to Christmas now, I'd say a lot of people are going to be buying a smartwatch. With a heavy heart, I have to say that despite its outrageous price, the quality of it pushes it into top spot. It's Apple's Watch Ultra. So I reviewed an awful lot of smartwatches this year, from Google's new Pixel Watch to uh, Samsung's Galaxy Watches to the Fitbits to real budget stuff like Huawei's Band 7. There's a lot of good contenders there, but for... The Watch Ultra overall, even though it's outrageously priced at a thousand euro, and again, that's because of the eurozone inflation crunch, it's just can't really be touched as an all-round smartwatch that can also be used for extreme sports. You can go diving with it. You can go mountaineering with it. You can, it, it'll last up to five or six days if you put it on low power mode. That's still not as good as a Garmin, but it's way better than your regular um Apple Watch. So I'm going to say the Apple Watch Ultra 999. And it looks good as well. I mean, at the end of the day, you're wearing this on your wrist. Yeah. Do you know what? We could have a whole other discussion about that. I'm not actually hugely enamored about the way the smartwatches uh, look. I, I'm not in love with their oh. their aesthetic, uh, okay. which might surprise you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And maybe that's because I'm a middle-aged man at this point. And so <laughs> I do tend to look at the ads for those sort of sucker ads for those watches, the Swiss watches. But I don't think it looks great. I, I do think that the Apple Watch Ultra, uh, despite it being very chunky, is is actually aesthetically okay. It's, it's, it's not even that it looks good, but it's a statement as much as anything. It's like having an iPhone versus having an Android sometimes. Yeah, it's just, I, you're, you I'm look, the wrong you're guy to, to validate that, that thought or okay, that fair, theory. Fair. Um, I, I, if I'm the kind of guy who, if I walk into a coffee shop 
a cafe and the person says, ah, Adrian, cappuccino, is it? I'm gone. I'll never go back. <laughs> I don't ever want to be categorized. I don't ever want to you be known. You don't value nice customer service. No, that it's is not that. It. I don't want to be known. I don't want to be My known God, quantity. that is so miserable. I don't want somebody <laughs> to see me. This is why I'll never drive a BMW. I don't ever, ever, ever want somebody to think that I'm a wanker. You know? <laughs> what what makes you think that that you because your or your coffee order being remembered? <laughs> what is that? In no. someone's head, I'll be a wanker if 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 I wear a particular type of thing. Wow. So, anyway, okay. Moving on, best home appliance. This is an interesting one because there's actually quite a lot of stuff. Usually, it's a coffee maker or something yeah. that I will give this award to. Actually, this week I'm going to give it to a vacuum cleaner. This year. It's Bosch's Unlimited 7. And the reason is I'm so used to Dyson cordless vacuum cleaners. And they're they're good, but they're really expensive. Like yes. they're five, six hundred quid a lot of the time, the new ones. The suction is fairly decent. I'm not a massive fan of the aesthetic of the, the plastic either. Mm. Bosch has one, Bosch Unlimited 7. It's 379 euro. In our house, it is a huge hit. It, it went down way better than the Dyson's. Um, the suction power is definitely on par with the Dyson's. It has a few little lights on the head so you can actually see the dust particles. If you've got animals in the house, this is a big deal. It comes with two rechargeable batteries, which means that even if you've got, you know, forgot to recharge one or you've got a big home, uh, there's no problem. It's great. Really good. Bosch Unlimited 7. Personal recommendation from you, Hoover in the house, top to bottom. Big time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I knew it. Okay. Uh, Best tablet. I'm going to go back to Apple for this with the the new basic iPad, the 10th generation. Now, th- there were new iPad Pros out this year, and there was a Samsung Tab Ultra, which is kind of an incredible machine. It has an incredible screen. The problem with Android tablets is unless you're ap- like one of the 0.1% who is absolutely into the Android productivity ecosystem, there's just very few people like that. You're not going to get your value out of the Tab Ultra, which is well over €1,000. The iPad Pros, I love and I love their productivity, but the new iPad, the basic one, now has the same design and shape as the iPad Pro. It's half the price. And it also there's also a new keyboard accessory for it, which is very like the top-end magic keyboard for the iPad Pro. So in other words, I can now do my work um, for hundreds of euro less than... Uh, then, I need, then I would need to pay on an So are you Pro. saying you could use that instead of a laptop? Yes. Okay. And you're saving a lot by doing that? I'm saying, well, so the... Compared to, let's say, your suggestion. It's 599 for the, for the iPad, which again, it's the euro inflation, but yeah. forget that for a second. Yeah. The, the keyboard is about 250. Okay. So I'm getting a decent laptop for about 850. Yeah. But it's it's more versatile then as well because you just have the for me it is. But I I'm a convert to to iPads for work. I still do most of my work on iPads and iPads Pros. I I I have a MacBook Air sitting in front of me, so I use that as well. Um, and I do um, use Windows uh, laptops as well for extended periods, particularly when I'm reviewing them. But the it's very hard to beat the iPad. And battery life on that? Yeah, it's about eight hours. Okay, it's not too bad. So with the best of tech for 2022 wrapped up, let's talk to more serious matters. Bitcoin, is it doomed or are we just in the midst of some sort of crypto winter? Well, joining me to discuss this is uh, our guest, Bitpanda's Alex Batlam. Alex, Bitpanda has just opened its trading doors here in Ireland. What a time to launch. What does Bitpanda do? So Bitpanda is an investment platform. Uh, sometimes people think of it as a broker. Uh, folks, individuals can buy, hold, and sell crypto, also metals, 
as well as uh, securities on the platform in a really easy way uh, that bypasses a lot of the friction that's typically associated with those processes. The other thing we do do recently, we've been adding the white label service. So the same functionality that we offer can now be incorporated by the likes of N26 and Lydia, for example. Uh, we also have a pro exchange for institutional traders and, and now custody is part of the family. So yes, uh, we, we're kind of building out the investment platform uh, that we ourselves can deliver as well as our partners which is an increasing focus for us. Now, last week, the European Central Bank tweeted this. They said, the apparent stabilization of Bitcoin's value is likely to be an artificially induced last gasp before the crypto asset embarks on a road to irrelevance. Are they right? Uh, my personal opinion is no. Um, I think the fundamentals behind the cryptocurrency is still there. Um, it's an asset class that has no... Uh, issue of risk uh, as inherent with a central issue of currencies like fiat, uh, um, pounds and dollars. I think that has inherent value in an international internet-based um, world order. And I actually think it's going to be more and more important as, as there's more geopolitical trouble. People will look for a safe haven where currencies are kind of uh, not... Uh, controlled by a single entity. Mm. Now, I think one of the ECB's criticisms in its blog post was that it, it suggested that crypto serves no purpose other than speculation because it's not productive in any other way, it argued, and because it can't easily be used as a currency itself. Is there anything to that? I think uh, it has a use because it's useful as a way to allow people to exchange value and keep store of value. I guess their argument is they just don't believe that it is so. Uh, others believe it is. Um, as I said, for me personally, I think it's a much better value of store than uh, many other currencies. Uh, and hence, for me, it continues to be a very, very important asset class. And I think as people move forward and, as I said, international trade always relies on nowadays reserve currencies. Uh, there's been a huge amount of quantity easing, which tends to benefit the country that controls the you know, currency issuance. Um, therefore, at that point, those people who aren't the beneficiaries of the quantitative easing program, which tends to be foreign holders, they may choose not to hold those assets. What else do you hold? Well, gold, but gold uh, has friction issues. So moving towards something that has the benefit of electronic money uh, such as Bitcoin, without the issuer risk, becomes quite an attractive uh, proposition, in my opinion. Yeah, and I was at a talk that you, where you give a presentation uh, the other week, and you said at that talk that you actually believe that Bitcoin could and would become the world's reserve currency. I think Bitcoin or something very similar. It doesn't have to be Bitcoin, uh, but something that exhibits uh, the properties where there is no central issuer risk. It's a fixed supply, it's electronic, there is no, uh, for example, uh, settlement risk, because you can trade gold on account, but the problem is then you still have settlement risk, because someone has to custody the gold, and there's been issues around that space. So low friction, electronic money without the issuer risk, it is the value system for the internet. So I'm as bullish as ever 
um, and having traveled around the world, a lot of people are concerned about uh, kind of rightly or wrongly being sanctioned, for example, on various different currencies. There is no appeals process. It's a completely unilateral move. So, uh, yeah, I'm still very, very positive and a big believer. Now, in terms of the business of trading uh, crypto and in crypto, the collapse of Sam Bankman-Fried's FTX exchange has given critics new energy to characterize it as something of an unregulated mess where small investors get conned or misled into thinking that their money is being responsibly managed. What did you make of all of that? Uh, And do you think it could spur more or different regulation? I think it's extremely... Uh, tragic what happened. I think, you know, I have friends whose business has been, you know, impacted to the point they had to shut them down. So it's it's a huge tragedy. And I'm so sorry for anyone who's been impacted by this. I think it's really important to differentiate market participants versus the currency, because after the Lehman's collapse, nobody said we should ban pounds and dollars. So I think it's really important to differentiate that. I think also what we are seeing, which is exciting, is that some of the promise of decentralization is um, bearing fruit. So if you have a look at the recent collapses, you had Celsius, BlockFi, centralized lenders, uh, centralized uh, exchanges with poor transparency, such as FTX, yet the decentralized world hasn't had the same set of issues. Also, they're highly regulated, properly regulated um, market participants also haven't had the same issues. So for me, what's really important is hyper-transparency. Post the Lehman's crisis, which actually had many of the same hallmarks as well as Enron before that, it is when you have individuals with huge amounts of money, which creates huge temptation to cut corners, and there's lack of transparency. That's when you have problems. Um, regulation is one way to shine the light on the problem, but you know, exhaustive regulation, not the appearance of regulation, but exhaustive regulation that really goes into the roots of what the company does. Um, and as I said, uh, DeFi is also really interesting. So I think, you know, my personal opinion, forward trajectory, people will demand hyper transparency. Uh, in fact, something that was already advised post the 2007 uh, crisis, FSB said we have to have much better transparency. And actually, crypto, I think, is paving the way to that with the right set of actors and the right protocols like DeFi. Yeah, it's very interesting um, when you get into the the mechanics of looking of how people invest, how they trade and how they make their decisions as well. I saw one study from the Bank of International Settlements uh, over a seven year period, um, reckoning that somewhere up to between 75 and 80 percent lost money in their investments in crypto. But there seems to be an issue around hype, particularly for small investors. Uh, You see influencer marketers, for example, celebrities talking about crypto. A lot of people don't do an awful lot of research. They just jump in. Do you you think that's a problem when research is often conducted by people just trying to lurk around chat rooms or or see what a celebrity has tweeted? I think it's, uh, you know, one of my personal passions um, kind of is education is so important. Um, you have to do your own research. You have to educate yourself. And actually, if you read 
respectable Twitters and influencers in the crypto space, the first thing they say is, don't trust somebody else to read it yourself. Uh, the issue often comes along is, this is really complicated stuff. If you're trying to read the white paper, for example, Ethereum, it's pretty complicated. You try to read the yellow paper, it's more complicated. There's tokenomics, there's financial uh, kind of structuring, and then there is the technology part of it. Uh, so it's an extremely complicated, both financial and technology space, and therefore sometimes it can feel like, like uh, people are excluded from that, those who haven't had the experience. Uh, so I think education is really important. You know, we as Bitpanda are trying to do our bit by offering Bitpanda Academy. It teaches you the basics of blockchain and some of the finance stuff. Uh, but I think personally, I would kind of always caution against investing in something you don't understand. If you don't understand it, I don't think you should invest in it. And that's a, it's an age-old thing. And unfortunately, people get carried away sometimes. So uh, really kind of hopefully reiterating the message. If you don't understand it, don't invest in it because you're going to be potentially disappointed. Yeah, this year, uh, Bitcoin's, and I keep going back to Bitcoin because it's a kind of a, a totem for crypto in many people's minds. The price of Bitcoin has dropped 63%, while the overall cryptocurrency market cap has lost somewhere around $1.6 trillion in value. But crypto often goes in waves, peaks and troughs and cycles. Do you believe that this is another example of that? Absolutely. Every currency has ups and downs. Uh, every new currency will have uh, more ups and downs. Um, if you kind of look at the fluctuations, it's a little bit like a Christmas tree, meaning that every time it goes down, it never goes down quite as much as before and moves up uh, next time around. Ultimately, is there fundamentally a value that crypto brings to society that moves us along? And I think it does. And crypto is kind of much wider than Bitcoin. Bitcoin is useful for exchange of value. I get all that. But it was interesting, kind of, I was uh, in Davos a few years ago, and there was a delegation from uh, the Ukrainian, um, Ukrainian delegation, and they talked about using Ethereum to record, uh, for example, their uh, land registry on uh, Ethereum. Why? Because apparently when a country gets invaded, one of the first things the invaders do is to destroy the uh, land registry records. So that it becomes really, really hard to figure out who owns what land. In fact, you know, the shocking statistics, uh, there's still a number of uh, Jewish uh, people who are still disputing claims in uh, Poland around uh, kind of lost land uh, during the Nazi invasion. So there is a huge amount of utility to have internationally secure records, whether it's for Bitcoin value, whether it's land registry. That is a fundamental social benefit that for me is so, so important, especially as we get into the global world that uh, kind of, I, I am, as I said, super bullish on this. Um, people will worry, prices will go up and down. I mean, look, if a large blue chip company can have 10% of its value wiped in one day and then created again two days later because of fear and speculation, we're human beings. We, we react emotionally. I mean, to people talk about perfect rationality in the markets. I don't believe so. I think it's guided by people and people overreact and underreact. 
Yeah. Uh, so yeah, for me, it's about fundamentals, and they're super strong. Okay, uh, and to be fair, we do see a lot of that uh, human emotion in some of the world's biggest bourses. But when you look at the troughs and the peaks and you look at the cycles and the winters and the springs and the summers in crypto, <laughs> normally I saw one chart which um, tracked the the gains from the troughs up to the peaks uh, in these cycles. And each time that there is a cycle, the gains become more and more modest as the cryptocurrencies uh, mature. Do you think the days of making, you know, a thousand percent or 10,000 percent returns on major crypto assets, are they gone? No idea. I'm, I'm a dreadful trader. Uh, I, I don't I don't have the stomach for it. Uh, kind of I have a thesis about fundamental value. I invest in that and I'm a long holder. I'm, I'm a hodler, like the original hodler. So um, I can't tell you uh, because I think uh, traditionally, of course, as something matures, the volatility slightly reduces, therefore purely based on that information. Uh, you probably would think that uh, volatility would reduce, but actually that becomes a more useful tool for mass adoption. The interesting thing is as it, the volatility slows down and potentially uh, mass adoption increases, there might be another one big spike because when you go from niche to mass, mass adoption, the value overall increases hugely. So I think there is still kind of room based on that logic for major gains uh, during that transition from uh, niche to, to mass adoption. Um, those are the typical kind of statistical patterns you look at any kind of innovation, in, especially in technology space. Alex Batlin, founder and CEO of Bitpan, Bitpanda Custody, formerly Trustology. And thank you very much for joining us today on The Big Tech Show. And my thanks also to Tabitha Monaghan, who produced, and Gavin Hennessy on sound. So for me, Adrian Weckler, you have been listening to The Big Tech Show, and we will talk to you at the same time next week. Bye-bye. 